0: still a little chilly, and uh, here we are uh, in the middle of uh, what we would say normally would be uh, all the May flowers, and and we're uh, struggling. If you um, have your Bibles, want to turn to um, the Beatitudes, they're found in Mark the fifth chapter, and I know we've started looking at this. I did it on... Uh, a few Wednesdays before, and uh, a Sunday or two before uh, this past Sunday, and talking about the attitude in which someone responds uh, to maintaining a Christian life, and I, I'm I'm going to be very candid with you. It it is uh, <clears throat> if you will notice these flowers up here they have had just the right amount of water and sunshine for several years now. It's easy to have the look without the real. And we're living in a world that is artificial. And it's amazing how good the artificial can Fake us out. And so you're able to look like, oh, I got a real, genuine, deep-rooted, and it's not all that deep-rooted at all, and it's not real, and it's not genuine. It is this. And um, I'm laughing because we had, in Lone Oak, when we were pastoring there, we had a couple of, green plants that were in the foyer of the church. Just as you <coughs> exited, they had a little foyer and uh, had a couple big green plants there and we had different ones and I, I never did find out who watered those periodically. <laughs> but they had boss on the top and somebody would go by and check and think, man, those are really dry. And they would pour a little water. and. I'd come through the next day, and I'd notice there was a little water on the floor where, and sure enough, that somebody had watered the plants uh, that were fake, of course, you know? And uh, you're, you wonder, well, I guess they didn't realize it. They thought they were helping. And I would, you know, I didn't want to embarrass anybody. We didn't have cameras in the church to spy on people. And so it wasn't like I, you know, I'm sure somebody came by, felt, and went, oh, my, that needs a little water. So they poured a little water on them, and uh, we went from there. <laughs> but uh, when you are really going to maintain, and Jesus um, when he started these Beatitudes, he says, uh, he said, you know, um, blessed are, and seeing the multitudes, he, he went forward and he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. And he, uh, um, you know, uh, unfortunately, he, um, uh, he, he, that's not what you would consider blessed and he goes on and and we've read them several times now, and we've talked about a seed and how it grows, and we've talked about how that it sends down a root, and then it breaks forth in a shoot, and then you have uh, a fruit that later comes. And so uh, we talked about the blessing of being poor in spirit. What was that? That was a sense of, uh, of of being humble, of being an attitude of humility in a world that is so selfish and self-centered. We're living in a world that it's all about me and and what what and I'm going to say this because um, I, I was shocked today on my phone. I got a blurb and and it was from a little girl, I say a little girl, she's 16 years old now, but she was a star on some uh, uh, little program about toddlers and tiaras or something and Honey Boo was one of the famous things, but now this girl was 16 years old and unfortunately she took her own life today. And then before that, earlier this week, a lady that's fixing to be inducted into the Hall of Fame for country music worth 25 plus million, right. took her own life. And, and the, the words were from her family, well, she's battled this a long time. And, and I, when I, I hear that and I realize and I look at, you know, the fame, she's fixing to be at Nashville, fixin' to be honored, fixin' to have accolades, and I'm sure they're gonna whatever, and here's a young lady who was 16 in the prime of her life. Here's one 72, you know, here just within a matter of a few days. What are you telling me? I'm telling you the spirits that are out there today are on steroids, folks. They are powerful, they are mean, they are nasty, they are steal, kill, and destroy. And it will do anything. To overwhelm you to make you lose hope to make you feel I can't make it yeah, that's right. That's right. and I know I'm preaching to the choir by so many words but the fact is the only thing we can do if, if we you know the old song Have you ever needed the Lord before Show do need him now yeah. why because we are living in an hour in which I, I would I could go and I would say, oh well, here's somebody in their seventies and they have children and grandchildren and and friends and and you know now they're fixing to have a little more fame, their life is comfortable. I mean, you know, twenty-five million ought to be fairly comfortable. How are they getting overwhelmed? Here's a young girl who's very beautiful and whatever and young and starting life and she had not even made it to her 20s and what could she have that's so overwhelming at 16? But let me tell you, that's the spirit of this hour. And if there was ever a moment <clears throat> that you would say, you know, Pastor, we, that's where you've gotta humble yourself and dig deep into the presence of the Lord. I need God, it's not and I know people say, well, they don't have a good self-esteem. Let me tell you something, self-esteem will kill you. It's not self-esteem you need, it's God-esteem. It's not about who I am, it's about who He is, what He's done for me. And that's why, you know, the song Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a pretty awesome dude like me. It's not what it says. What does he say? Wretch, chiefest of sinners, I need God. You will not go far with God thinking God owes me, God. I'm pretty awesome. Get it off me, get it on him. Lord, I love you, Lord, I thank you. And that's what that first beatitude was all about. Then of course, the next one was, blessed are those who mourn. And that means in in that very sense of, of taking ownership of saying, Lord, I'm sorry for what I've done. And I'm I'm not talking about natural sorrow. I'm not talking about sinful sorrow, but what the Bible calls godly sorrow. And that godly sorrow is that very sense of, Lord, uh, I need, uh, I, I need to repent, and, and, and I know, I, I understand. Right now, our, our world, uh, what what is bringing the masses is, with, you know, make me feel good. Raw, raw, re, you know, boom, boom, boom. We're going. Let's go. Everybody's a champion. Everybody's good. God loves us all. Everything is wonderful. You are, you are successful, and that's what everybody wants to hear and I agree all of that the Lord is good and he is we are champions but yet at the same time there is a sense of recognizing that godly sorrow I need the Lord and I haven't been perfect this week you say well I've been perfect I've been absolutely sin free I don't need to repent well you're probably in the wrong church because I need to repent all the time. You're too perfect for all of us. Huh? Oh, I, I, you know, I didn't murder anybody this week. I didn't, you know, I didn't rob any grocery stores. Or I, I get, I didn't do whatever. But at the same time, a recognition of I have to humble myself, and then that I need God. I, I, I own what I, I've had a bad attitude. I got a little mad. I got frustrated. I, I didn't pray for those. I didn't bless those that persecute me. Huh? I didn't do it all right all the time. Be real, get honest. Why? Because those spirits will get a hold of you. Where, you know, you you feel like I don't need to repent and then before long you're acting like the man that stood there and said I thank God I'm not like that, I thank God I'm not like that, I thank God I'm not as bad as that person. And before long, you know, you're not getting washed. You're not getting cleansed. And I'm here to tell you it's tough to handle when somebody else is angry, frustrated, you know. I can be having a good day and somebody drive by and cut me off and do something, point me in a direction I don't wanna go. Now, I know I, I confess all my driving woes, you know, but and I'm having a good day, and boy, all of, all of a sudden, I grab hold of that. I don't say, Lord, bless that person. Maybe you do. I'm just saying, I, my, my first reaction is to go, oh no. I don't know, what do you think you're doing trying to come in on this side of me? Pass me on the inside. Anyway, confession, there we go. All right, Uh, taking ownership and then uh, then blessed are the meek and that is giving up control submitting yourself to God's will, God's word, God's people and then of course uh, verse 6 where he said blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness so these first three roots are that very sense of um, getting down into God now for the first time, I'm shooting upward into trying to hunger and thirst after him. You know, if you are struggling, and I have told some of these individuals, <clears throat> maybe are struggling, how do I live for God? How do I change my life? How do I change my direction? Well, you get deep in God, and you 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 mourn, you, you take ownership, you say, Lord, every day I need you, and guess what? You'll find yourself naturally growing up where you're seeking after his righteousness it's not your righteousness but you're seeking after you are hungering and thirsting after him and all of a sudden you know I, I realize, and I, I, I told you, you know, rest, regulations bring restraint but can't produce righteousness. And I, I understand, you know, I, I, it's amazing uh, we, when you're focused. Uh, and, and you heard me say, uh, you know, that um, President Obama, I remember several years ago when he said, uh, what's wrong with our country is sin except he didn't say sin he said greed on Wall Street but guess what greed is sin and so I thought well guess what I agree with that what's wrong with Wall Street is sin so we're going to make another regulation and I'm I understand regulations I understand the need I As I told you, Siobhan and I were talking and I I said, you know, I'm thankful that whoever put the beams together, they had regulations about what kind of glue and what kind of stuff that they used. And I I don't know if you remember, but when uh, uh, the Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans, uh, one of the things that happened was they—they they found, unfortunately, Lowe's and Home Depot and several of the building companies had had purchased uh, uh, what plasterboard you call it? That's what I call it. You know, uh, whatever you want to call it, the uh, uh, the board that you know you you put on your walls and uh, what did you call it? drywall, they had purchased drywall from Canada. And whatever, whenever Canada, when, I mean not from Canada, from China, they had purchased drywall from China and it, they made it and they distributed it. And all of a sudden, when that drywall got soaked through, there was a chemical reaction with the water when it stayed in the water that it started producing like an ether uh, and it started people were having to have their house condemned and blowing up and all this kind of stuff was going on and they said China said you can't sue us we don't have anything to do with it and so Lowe's was saying you can't sue us we got it in good faith and you drive now north out of, out of Louisiana and, and you'll see subdivisions where just the houses are boarded up because they can't tear them down, because they can't put them in the landfill, they can't. And you're like, well, you know, let's put on a new regulation, a restraint. You gotta make drywall out of plasterboard and water, not plasterboard and ether or whatever. Well, I understand the need for regulations and yet it won't produce righteousness. I mean, why did they sell that? Why did Lowe's and why did Home Depot buy it from China and sell it? It was cheaper. And they knew all of us, me included, I'd rather have it cheaper. And I I never thought to ask, where do you get your drywall? Now y'all all go home and start asking. Where'd you get your drywall? And, and, and you know, they tried to make a big deal that it would, had to sit in water and it wasn't just getting wet, whatever. The point of it is, you know, and the idea is, when we start hungering and seeking His righteousness, we start saying, "What what is going to bring God honor? It's not about me having honor. What's going to make God look good? What can I do that is good for others and myself?" And I I, I don't mean putting yourself on a on a on a self sacrifice and oh I, woe is me and I'm going to give my body to be burned. The Lord didn't ask you to give your body to be burned and. Give Everything, but the idea it goes back to the verses where Jesus said, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, body, and then love your neighbor as yourself." And so, you know, it's that idea of hungering and thirsting after more of God. And I, I I understand that there's coming a time when we're when our hungers are going to be satisfied, and and we'll go forth. But you and know, live in heaven, but right now, hopefully, we have a hunger for the word of God, a hunger to be filled, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the next one was, blessed are the merciful. Now, all of a sudden, I start producing fruit. After I reach for his righteousness, now the branches. Blessed are the merciful. Now, who does that impact? People around me but you can't, you'll never truly be merciful from the inside out if you don't have your roots in God. You know, you can be magnanimous and you can, like the parable of the Good Samaritan, you can be merciful without having to forgive, but you can't have forgiveness without being merciful. Meaning that the, Good Samaritan didn't have to forgive that man. He found him on the side of the road. He had compassion, the Bible says. He had mercy, put him on his donkey and brought him down or put him on his horse, brought him to a neighbor and he had took care of his immediate needs and then gave him stuff uh, to have for even his future needs. That's very different from forgiveness because you see forgiveness not only requires mercy, because you, but it also requires some acknowledgement of, of wrongdoing. And, I'm, and I used this example last Wednesday. I said, if I went to my wife and I said, honey, I forgive you, her first question is gonna be, what did I do? I can't say I forgive you, unless I'm willing to identify well, you made me mad, or you hurt my feelings, or whatever it is that I want to say. And so when someone doesn't ask forgiveness, and that's where the Bible talks about go to them, explain it, and if they go, look, I don't think I did wrong, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you can pray for them, you can love them, you can treat them, whatever, but you can't, forgive them until they acknowledge they've done wrong now you can let go of it and there's a little bit of a difference in other words you don't let it eat on you worry you stress you 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 bring it and you say just as Jesus did on the cross. Jesus did not say on the cross, I forgive you to the Roman soldiers. He didn't say to the people that crucified him, those that had been false witnesses. He didn't say, I forgive you. What did he say? Father, forgive them. You can do that. You can pray. You can say, Lord, forgive them. If they ever realize what's going on, I pray you'll forgive them. I pray you'll have mercy on them. I pray, why? Because blessed are the merciful. I am praying for them to have forgiveness, for them to receive forgiveness. And when, when I, and I mentioned when Saul said, uh, you know, uh, the voice said, why persecutest thou me? Uh, Saul said, well, who are you, Lord? And the, because he wasn't, he didn't p- persecute Jesus. He was persecuting Christians. For him, he couldn't, he didn't put them together and when Jesus said I am Jesus whom thou persecuted that's why we're the body of Christ and all of a sudden you realize the Lord takes it very personally what somebody does to us or or doesn't do and so when you read uh, in Psalms and other places where it says because of your tender mercies blot out my transgression and David prayed the song of repentance oh against thee and thee only have I sinned you know when wrong is acknowledged and repentance begins then the atonement has already been paid it's like the prodigal son that I uh, uh, you know and I mentioned this when he saw the father when he came to himself in the pig pen. He got up and walked, started walking home and the father was ready to put a robe on him and a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and say, I'm ready for you to have mercy. But the one thing that was hard was the dad didn't go bail him out of the pig pen. And that's hard. I don't know if he had... <laughs> detective agency looking out for him I, but it's hard to run not to run down there but the dad was like when he finally comes to himself i'll be ready to go and and open the doors for him and jesus said you know uh, actually he said uh, I go my way, he was telling the uh, Sadducees, and you're going to seek me and you shall die in your sins. Why? Because uh, you are not truly repentant. And I, I read this uh, next um, slide just before I stopped. And that was, how do you treat someone that's wronged you and has asked for not ask for forgiveness, the Bible says you love them and pray for them. That's why he would say love your enemies, bless those that curse you, be good to those that hate you, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Let me just tell you, you can't do that without staying full of the Holy Ghost. If someone has done something wrong to you, wow. You say, he said that you may be my children in heaven. And I, I, uh, I, I asked Siobhan, I didn't show you this slide, but um, the sad part is most of us, um, we know that God has forgiven us, but we feel bad because we say I can't forgive myself. And unfortunately, that's a lot of pride When you say, "I know God's forgiven me, but I can't forgive myself," well, then I'm bigger than God, right? Right? And I, um, I asked Shabam because this is not the 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 little thing, but when when she was a little bit younger, and I don't know where we were, and we were in a in a room, and and. uh, uh, she was in, in our room and she got to watching. It was called something, America Ninja War, Warrior Junior. And it was little kids. And, and they were running obstacle courses. And that was, I don't know, if, I, I, I've only seen it with her. This is for America Ninja Warrior Senior, I guess. I didn't know they had Senior and Junior. But we were watching Junior. And there were kids nine, eight, seven when she was younger and she was, that was thrilling to watch that. Anybody, anybody, few of you, you know, kids love it anyway. <clears throat> but have you ever noticed how they overcome an obstacle? I mean, they go through the gauntlet, you know, Boy, they're focused on it. Okay, I've got to get from here to there, and and I'm gonna to have to boom, hit this and hit that and jump off of that wall and swing on this ring and grab that, and, and, and they start visualizing it. Huh? Boy, boing, then poof, momentum. Boom, 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 boom. Trying to get through the maze. And sometimes we, Lose our focus and wonder, you know, when all of a sudden the big arm swings around and knocks us off the thing, and we go, Whoa, where did that come from? That's why the Lord, you know, said, Be sober and be vigilant in this hour and I to be very candid with you I get tired of being sober and vigilant but you gotta imagine I'm running my race I gotta know what my prize is I gotta know what's out there and how the enemy is gonna do anything he can to whack knock me off into the spaghetti or the water or whatever it is huh because if he can make me angry, if he can get me fighting, if he can get my attention off of how good he is, how wonderful he is. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you go, well, I didn't, but you don't understand. They made me, okay, yeah, that arm, that big arm just came around there, bam, and hit you. Paul said it like this in Ephesians, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed under the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking. That's one of the reasons why I, I've told people, be careful what dose you get of, of course he's dead and gone now, but brother Rush, or whomever else you feed into your mind because sometimes it can almost be clamor. You know what I'm saying? Be careful, don't let all of that because you can get yourself worked up with all malice, but be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. In this hour, I don't feel like being kind, uh, and, 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 you read those verses in Ephesians. It, it's kind of some steps there. Six steps in those few verses. Ephesians 4, 30 through 32. And, and here they are. You have to focus on the Holy Ghost. Remember, he said uh, that that grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you've been sealed under the day of redemption. So you've got re- to keep your focus on. One day, the Lord filled me with the Holy Ghost. And he put a seal on me. He's expecting me to make it from here to the glory world. I know the devil's going to do everything he can to stop me, but I'm glad the seal of God is stronger than the spirits that are out here in this world. I don't have to be let knocked around with all of that. And then he said, put away all bitterness and wrath. How do you get bitter? Somebody's done you wrong somebody said something you didn't like wrath i'm mad you don't know what they did you don't know how they treated me i you know you can say well they've never asked for forgiveness that's where you've got to you've got to be merciful and get the bitterness and the wrath out of you you may not be able to forgive them because they may not have asked for it but you got to get it out of you and start praying for them. You say, well, I can't forgive them because they they didn't ask for it. I understand, you can't technically forgive them, but you can get the bitterness out of you. You can pull a root of bitterness out and you can say, I'm sorry, I know they may, I don't know why, I don't know how, they don't wanna talk about it, they may be dead and gone, but one thing, I'm not gonna let it eat on me. I'm gonna remember I got sealed by the Holy Ghost and I'm gonna put away all bitterness and all wrath. And then it said, put away clamor and evil speaking. And you know what clamor is? Just yah, 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 yah. And I'm I'm thankful for all the news agencies, but let me just tell you something, they run on ratings. Don't be foolish. The higher the rating the more they charge for advertising and you can say well they don't tell the truth or they don't tell all I agree they don't but let me tell you yeah yeah yeah. And be careful you can get that stuff in your spirit until you're so you know and People can do the same thing. I saw the way they treated you. I can't believe. I'm on Facebook. Don't you think it awful that somebody... Don't go there. Put it away. Say, you know what? The Lord's been good. Well, I, I just want to tell five of my closest friends... See what they think about it. Well, bless your heart. Be merciful. They had a bad day, they had a bad week, they had a bad year. They had coronavirus and it went to the brain. I don't know. Sometimes you just have to make up your mind to be merciful. Blessed are the merciful. Say, well, pastor, are you always merciful? No, absolutely not. I'll be the first to tell you. But he he said, don't fight, don't quarrel, put away clamor, evil speaking. And then he said, be kind and tenderhearted, compassionate. You know, it's kind of like breaking a a marshmallow. If you just bend and you're kind, Mm -hmm. I wanted to, you know, I just have to pull it. And there are some people that just, you know, and, and is that easy? No, not in this hour. And the, but this is how we are going to maintain the Holy Ghost in this hour. <clears throat> then he said, he said, be kind, tenderhearted, put away all clamor and evil with all malice, be kind, tenderhearted. And then he goes to the next one, be willing to forgive forgiving one another. Why, because Christ for your sake, Christ has forgiven you. You know the old saying, he that's without sin casts the first rock. And it's amazing sometimes how sensitive and tender people can be and they throw the biggest rocks themselves and i'm thinking if if I, if you were treated the way you were acting now anybody know what i'm talking about and you just go i can't believe it you're all you're all upset over that forgiving one another why because you start remembering how great you felt when the lord began to fe- forgive you and that you've been washed, you've been cleansed. What a beautiful, uh, that Paul talked about here, and I don't know what happened. It jumped ship, into. I hit one button, and it went crazy. So, the next slide is 2 Timothy. Let me see, it's slide 21 on my handout. Uh, 2 Timothy, the second chapter, the 24th verse, and he says, The servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle, be apt to teach, patient, in meekness. That's that taproot, remember, that humility, instructing those that oppose themselves. If peradventure God, peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will that's what we're seeing in this hour more than anything else is we are seeing people that the enemy has captured and he just, he runs roughshod over them and they come out and they have all these spiritual attacks and mental attacks and emotional attacks because the enemy has completely absorbed their thinking, heart, feelings. You say, well, how do I treat them? Do I knock them down? No, Isaiah said a bruised reed and a smoking flax. The Lord knows what we've been through. He knows what we're going through. He considers our frame. Psalms, the 18th chapter, he said, thy gentleness hath made me great. Aren't aren't you thankful that the Lord has never been one to attack us, beat us up? He doesn't come in and say, bless God, I'm gonna send you to hell. And I know some people's vision of God is he's got this little tiny pencil and this huge eraser and he's erasing everybody's name. That's never been how he's been. He's been very kind. He's been very good. No matter what we've done, where we've been, we can, as we raise our hands and as we open up, we start feeling the presence and the Shekinah of Almighty God. What a privilege that is. Matthew 5 and 8. He said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And what does he mean by pure in heart? He didn't say pure in motives. He didn't say pure in actions. Aren't you thankful that he didn't say pure? Blessed are the pure. I don't know that any of us could say, okay, I'm pure. But he said pure in heart. That they have a single mind, a single focus. I want more of God, Moses. Exodus the 33rd chapter. You remember, he said, Lord, there's one thing. I wanna see you, I wanna see you, I wanna see you. Finally, the Lord said, let me put you in a cleft of a rock and I'll let my goodness pass before you and you can see my backside because you couldn't see me and live. You see, Purity is not sinlessness or being without sin. It's not perfection. Paul said we strive for that. But it's being undivided, forgiven, cleansed. It's recognizing I need God. I I have one focus in my life that I may know him. That I may know him in the power of the resurrection, in the fellowship of his sufferings. Oh Elijah tried to tell them he said it's time for you to quit halt how long mu- will you halt between two opinions and, and you know what halt there means it means limp how long are you going to limp and there's some folks that limp you know and then they, they, they're not sure they want to you know they really want to serve God that bad they would rather also do a few other things and then they go back and forth and Elijah said oh get one focus in your mind i want to do i want more of god i want to see god i want somehow in this hour i want you know uh to be pure in heart jesus told him in the sixth chapter the light of the body is the eye and if the eye be single the whole body is full of light if your eye is evil the whole body is full of darkness If there's light that is in thee is darkness, how great is thy darkness. James said, submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you, cleanse your hands, and then he says, purify your hearts. You double-minded, be afflicted, mourn, weep, Let your laughter be turned to mourning, your joy to heaviness. Humble yourself. See, all of these beatitudes work together. What is he saying? Lord, I want more of you. Let that be my heart my heart's desire. My heart's desire is not that I have this or that I make that or that everybody sees me with this or sees that, but my heart's desire is that I know you more. That's why David said, teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Then he said, unite, my heart to fear Thy name. It, it, the symbolism is 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 kind of wrapping it like you take a wire and you begin to twist wires together in electrical, you know, circuit or on, on an area, and you put a, a, a something there to hold those together. Why, I, Lord, let my emotions get united to You. Why? Because this is an hour where the enemy is doing everything he can to jerk us around emotionally. And you see it, you see it with people. It's like, you know, we, we were in the airport and, and you know, you you just see folks stressed and they're walking and you know, and somebody, and they say, I wish people would wear a mask and you know, nobody's wearing one and some do and somebody pulls one up and then they put on another one and. You're just emotionally frazzled. What is the biggest thing I have to fear? You can have all the precautions in the world and I don't mind if you wear a mask. I don't mind if you wear one in church. I understand with cancer and things that are, I get it. But let me just tell you, the biggest fear for any of us is Lord, you. I want more of you. Keep me pure in heart. Why? Because I will praise you with all my heart, glorify your name, great is your mercy. Paul said it in Philippians, he said, not that I've already obtained, I haven't made it, the goal of being Christ-like. I haven't made it, I'm not like Jesus yet or imperfect or I actively press on, this is in the Amplified Classic, you can read it in the King James. He said, I press on so that I take hold of perfection for which Christ took hold of me and made me his own. He said, I don't consider that I've made it on my own, but one thing I do, I forget what's behind and I reach forward to what lies ahead. All of us who are mature pursuing spiritual perfection should have this attitude. And if any respect you, if any respect you have a different attitude, that too God will make clear. Stay true to what you've already obtained. What are you saying? Keep pressing keep pressing forward oh pastor I'm overwhelmed you know stay humble stay deep rooted in him it's gonna be all right John said it like this if we say we have fellowship and we walk with him and we walk in darkness we lie and we got a a whole country that lies to themselves. call it spin you know Say whatever you want. But if we walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another, the blood of Christ, his son cleanses us. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What a privilege, if we, you know, It's not by works of righteousness that we've done, but according to his mercy and the washing of regeneration, the renewing of the Holy Ghost. That's why we talk about worship God. That's why we say come. That's why we say raise your hands. That's why we say pray through. That's why we say get another dose of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because that's the washing. That's the washing. That's the washing. And you cannot hardly make it emotionally. You can come from a great service on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and on the way home, get bombarded emotionally. Much less Monday and Tuesday. huh? That's why Paul said I have to die daily. I need that washing. I need the renewing. I need the presence of God again. And I know it's not me that's gonna do it. That's why Paul said to Thessalonians, the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, completely. I pray God your whole spirit, soul, body be preserved, blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. you know what the next verse says? Faithful is he that calls you, who also will you want to stay pure in heart stay full of him stay real with him stay full of the washing of the holy ghost and i understand but i'm i know we go to church a lot And I've had people say, well, you know, you have Sunday night, wow, that's amazing. And you, wow, you still go on Wednesday night? It's fine, it's fine, whatever. I'm I'm like, y'all bathe once a week and you can stay not stinking? That's a whole lot of responsibility. Huh? That's like Saturday night baths that we used to have, you know, if you're the last one in the tub, you know. I was raised, my mom and dad, they left me with a lady that had outdoor outhouse. I thought that was the worst thing in the world. What, what are you talking about that, this is an hour where okay I, I i'll be honest you don't have to come to church to do it but you better wash your hands and your face and your body you better find a time to get in the shower of the spirit because it's going to get bad anyway Let me go and I'll I'll finish. I know my time is up. First John said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be but we know that when he shall appear we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is and that next verse says and every man that hath this hope in him purifies himself even why am i i am looking for that day when he shall return i want to do everything i can to do right live right be right because one day he's coming again i i i don't know if you read it today It, it talks about Husbands, love your wives and wash them and how the Lord sanctifies us through thy truth, thy word is truth and how's the young man cleanse his way and I'm gonna stop there, Uh, but my my point is, I don't know if you read it tonight, today, but uh, Russia, of course, has has been attacking Ukraine now for a couple of months and it so happens that the president, of Ukraine, Zelensky, is a Jew and he's been accusing Russia, has been accusing Ukraine of Nazis in Ukraine and that's why he's there to wipe out the Nazis, like World War II. And finally today, their foreign minister, said these words, said, let me tell you, we have got to go to Ukraine to wipe out the Nazis. And I'm here to tell you that many of the Nazis are Jewish people. And you read your history, you'll find that in World War II, there were many Jews that were Nazis. and Israel has been staying out of it. And I don't know, they may stay out of it some more. But now you're... Now you're saying that the Jews were responsible for the Holocaust? They're the ones that killed us? you know doesn't even doesn't even line up and and what's been amazing across in the world was that the Israel has not they did not want to get involved in you know they haven't sent arms and they haven't sent tanks and they have stayed away from the Russia Ukraine but now today when he makes that statement I I, I, I saw it boom I sent it to my wife I said whoa did you read this What are you telling me? I want to tell you something. Hard not to take offense at that. I hope they do. Unless this is the time for the Lord to wrap it all up. I don't know. You know? Hard not to take offense. You're blaming us for the Holocaust? Come on now. What are you saying? Folks, just like that, these spirits, yeah. these attitudes, if you're not careful, blessed are the pure in heart. Oh Lord, I need your purity. Amen? Let's stand. We're Thank you for being here. We'll, we'll, I know this weekend is Mother's Day and Sunday and Saturday at 2 o'clock and then Sunday morning, Sunday night and we've got, a lot of wonderful ladies that may be speaking, or who know, I don't know. But I'm trying to finish it up next Wednesday. The Beatitudes. It's hard to be have the right attitude in this hour. Maybe you don't it don't bother you, but for me, I find myself walking on thin ice a whole lot. Tuesday morning, Brother Richard Lacey, was it maybe Monday morning, Monday or Tuesday, Tuesday morning it was. Brother Richard Lacey called me at seven o'clock. And he said, pastor, someone stole my bike. He came by church, he put it up on the, Steps up under the awning, coming into the prayer room, came in to pray, was in here about five minutes. Somebody rode by, dropped their bike off, took his bike, ran out. He said, Pastor, I'm sorry. I was screaming and raising my hands and hollering and going, why? I said, Richard, I don't blame you, I would have probably done the very same thing. I came, got him, talked to him, prayed with him. Finally he said, you know what, I pray that the Lord will save whoever it was that stole that bike. I thought, I'm not there yet, Brother Richard. (laughs) If I see him, I'm gonna jump out of the car and get him. I'm taking him back to his home, and I'm looking down every side street. I said, "Yeah, that's a good prayer." I said, "I'm not, huh?" Who, Lord, help us in this hour. Let's just raise our hands. Let's thank Him. Hallelujah. Somebody prayed for me he had me on their mind well took the time to pray